The Downstairs Pub is open for business and the Blockout Sports Pod is back on the air. Live from the Bill's famous cheese spread studios in the aforementioned Downstairs Pub, I am your host and moderator this evening behind the master control desk. My name is Travis Carter. To my right at the high top table, as always, is the big fella, the tuna, country Matt Kempf. And bellied up to the bar, a man who, just like McGuinn and McGuire, couldn't get no higher. But that's what he is aiming at. The fabulous one, Freddie Benders. Fellas, how are we doing tonight? I live for the <laughs> weekly uh, weekly Freddie Benders uh, introductions, man. I like Travis. I love it. I love it. Good stuff. I'm on cloud nine today, brother. What can I say? Well, I it's know a, you are. Day. <laughs> we will get into why uh, uh, Tuna is particularly giddy. Uh, here uh, in a little bit. First of all, I would like to thank uh, all of our listeners for coming back and listening uh, week after week. We've gotten a lot of really cool feedback. The audience grows every single week, and for that, we thank you very much. We are on Twitter, at BlockoutPod. That is at BlockoutPod on Twitter. Um, This week, Started on a bit of a down note with the uh, U.S. men's national team's rather predictable defeat uh, in the World Cup, but uh, the World Cup as a whole continues and has been very interesting, very exciting, and I know Freddie has uh, several thoughts <laughs> <laughs> given the uh, the barrage of text messages that have been tossed back and forth uh, throughout all of these games. Uh mm. Yeah, Um, and uh, of course the college football playoffs are now set. Uh, The Bulls have all picked their appropriate teams. Those matchups are set as well. Um, First off, I thought I'd just maybe toss it around the room and let Freddie get something off his chest that I know he's been dying to talk about. Uh, We have seen a couple of World Cup games decided by penalty kicks. And Fred, I understand that you have a particular uh, firsthand knowledge of oh, but I do of penalty kicks uh, being both the uh, being both the hero and the goat, and you might have some insights as to uh, the mentality it takes for penalty kicks and the issues that you have with a couple of World Cup teams in particular. Freddie, the floor is yours. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, um, I want to get into this a little bit because, you know, in my opinion, as far as the World Cup, Euro Cup, any, any kind of tournament, if you're a soccer fan, and if, if you're not, normally uh, everyone's watching these tournaments at some point. They're on a TV at your local pub or bar. At 10 a.m. At 10 a.m., whenever. For those people in bars at 10 a.m. That's right. That's a great excuse for kickball, Matt. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, uh, when you get into these tournaments, penalty kicks happen often. And, uh, you know, these teams, when you get down to the nitty-gritty of it, you're playing tough teams. And, you know, there's a mentality that you have to have. Number one is you have to have preparation on them. You have to have practiced them. You have to have everyone on your team know who's kicking them. You have to – there's a whole list of things because you work that hard through all that time, effort, traveling and everything. And when it gets to penalty kicks, if you're the favorite and you're like didn't think it was going to come to that – 
are you just going to blow it off and say, well, I didn't know it would come down to penalty kicks, so I guess we're out of here. No, you're going to say, we're world-class players. We are Spain, for example. We practice tiki-taka, this little stupid passing that they do back and forth, back and forth, that I'm about sick of right now. (laughs) Uh, Sergio Ramos, Gerard Piquet, David Vila are puking in their boots right now. (laughs) <laughs> because they are goal scorers and tough-ass players, and they don't play that little ticky-taka shit. Boots they kick cleats. it in the goal. And that's what I'm so sick of the Spaniards doing. And, yes, they're one of my my adopted team. I went there for my honeymoon, went to, to the camp for Barcelona, went to a couple games while I was there, and I kind of adopted them because the U.S. never can get out of the round of 16 uh, first round. So I'm watching these guys. I'm like, you're kidding me. This is not coming down to another penalty kick for Spain. You know what their record is in penalty kicks lately? I'm just going to run oh, down. Oh, one when I'm watching. Oh, well, I'm going to run down. They have they, they have a 25% rate of, of winning PKs in major tournaments. They lost in the round of 16 to Russia in penalty kicks. They lost to the World Cup to South Korea, the host nation in 2002 in penalty kicks. They did go four out of five one time in the World Cup. That's the only time they've won them. And they lost in the 2020 Euro Cup in penalty kicks. Now, let me ask you a question, Luis Enrique. Wouldn't you think that you would have your team at this point in time prepared to kick penalty kicks when you're going up against the 27th ranked team in the world, Morocco? I want to answer this for Luis Enrique. Um, The goal is massive, and those guys are world-class athletes. I feel like they should be able to kick the ball in that big-ass net with one guy standing in front of them. Exactly. (laughs) That's That's very well said. (laughs) <laughs> Especially when the guy can't move until they touch the ball. Did you know that? That's Tuna really breaking it down to its essence. Did you know that? It? They can't I mean, move until the ball is kicked. If Megatron was out there defending the goal, I could see where it would be tough. But just game for a corner, man. Kick it right in there. Exactly. Let me explain <laughs> this to you. So you've got some of the best players in the world. Gavi, all these little 19-year-old tiki-taka studs. Uh, Pedri, and that. Let me here's here's where I'm going at. So I'm like, oh God, let's see if Spain can finally do it this time. And I'm using this team as an example because they're pathetic. Jeez, here's the Sorry. deal. So so I'm waiting to see. Okay, I can't wait to see Gavi and all these guys kick penalty kicks. So I look around, and they're standing in a in a huddle. And the team captain, Busquets, has a notepad in his hand. And they're looking around like deer in the headlights. The coach is down on the sidelines talking to other coaches. Dude, I just found out they're literally deciding who wants to kick. Would you like to kick, Pedri? Would you like to kick? They they are not prepared. What's our, Let me tell you something. When you're kicking a penalty kick, you need to know you're kicking. You need to know what order you're kicking. And you need to, 
a week before the game. This thing should be already mapped out so you are mentally prepared to make this kick, especially when a Moroccan goalie's yelling at you going, I know you're going to go right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't, don't put down Steve Bono like that. Yeah, well, he said it. He called them all out on yeah. it, too. So here's the deal. So I'm waiting for the the big players. I'm trying to get this out real quickly, Travis. So I look up. The first guy kicking has been in the game for two minutes. Two minutes. His cup's not even sweating. <laughs> let, let me let me explain to you. And Plenty then of leg he, power, and, and then he's going to come in on the World Cup stage, and he's going to kick first. And he hasn't even warmed up in the game yet, not to mention he missed a wide-open shot with almost 10 seconds on the clock. So he's already got his head down while they're prepping for the kicks, and he's already mentally out of it. So then they have him go first. He misses. He hits the post. The next guy, that's that's Sarabia. Shout-out to his bum ass. So, so let sorry it, to his then, family. Then you got a defender up next who played four minutes. He's only played four minutes. A defender, Solero, he comes in, kicks it right to the goalie, goalkeeper. Then the guy that was handing out cards, guessing on who wanted to kick the captain. He's been there forever, Sergio Busquets. He kicks it right to the goalie. It's it's over. Okay, so they worked 120 blood-sucking minutes to not be prepared at all while the Moroccan team, I guarantee you, they knew who was kicking, when they were kicking, and how they were going to kick it. Uh, I'm, I'm just blown away that a team like Spain would not be more prepared than that when it comes to big kicks when you are the worst in the world and you have choked for your nation that many times. I hope this gets out overseas. If there's any Moroccan listeners listening, congratulations. Great win. You guys played tough. Yes. So the the best strikers in the world that kicked the ball in the goal, none of them kicked. They didn't even use their best players. All the, the ticky-taka guys. Here's the thing. I played uh, uh, club soccer, high school soccer. Uh, I've been in shootouts many times growing up, and when I was actually older on the high school level, uh, in club and everything. And let me tell you something. I've been the hero, and I've been the GOAT. And you have to mentally be ready to kick a penalty kick. It is immense pressure, even on the high school level. Everybody in the stands goes down to the goal on the sidelines and stands along the fence. You can hear a pin drop. And I'm telling you right now, if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to be embarrassed. And to know that these guys were not mentally ready, uh, I'll tell you another thing. I could I picked three, two of uh, all the Spain players stood three steps away from the ball before they kicked it. Wrong. You never stand close to the ball. The goalie is reading exactly what you're doing when you take your two steps and kick it with no heat on it. You stand way back, a la Neymar and all the Brazilians, and you run at the ball with a head full of steam. You can do your little fakes and all your little uh, uh, little fake moves, but at the end of the day, you're going to crush it and have your spot picked out. These guys were not mentally uh, ready at all. 
I, I mean, I'm telling you, I remember when I when, when I kicked the game winner to win the region in high school. I was the last one to go. I played on the field. I, I did not start the game. My co- I was out on the field, luckily, warmed up, hot, sweaty, ready to kick somebody's ass. And then I get up there, and it's time to kick the goals. I netted it, and we won it. Everyone else on my team, my teammates netted theirs. A couple people missed. The very neck in the quarterfinals, I get up there and I'm a little extra cocky. I thought I would be a little cocky, but here's the deal. I never got in the game. So my coach knew that it was getting down to sudden death. He doesn't put me in the game, and I'm cold as shit, okay? The playoffs are cold, cold in Louisville, That's Kentucky. cold. So what is what what do I do? I walk up to him when 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 the when the sudden death's over and I go, I'm not I guess I'm not kicking last, right? I haven't even been in the game. And he goes, Yeah, you're kicking. Guess what, folks? I was already psyched out when I went up to him. You know why? Because he didn't have enough sense to put the players that were kicking the penalty kicks, or at least one player who had them one of the most important kicks last, warming up and getting into the game, into the feel of the game. Like, you can't, for that one guy in Spain to walk out there being in the game for two minutes and then have to kick one of them, It's I'm telling you, it is so much harder than you think. And I kicked it and hit the post. And we lost. Someone else missed it on our team, but we lost. But I, bl- I think about it every other day that that coach screwed me and he screwed us. He'll never he'll never hear this, but bottom well, line, let's that's send him a letter. Let's and, mail and, him a letter. And, and, and now blow I feel that, like you got some shit you need to get off your blow chest. Blow that up a thousand a times a thousand, a, a million on the World Cup stage. I'm telling you, it's embarrassing. It's like Tom Brady in the Super Bowl in overtime going, well, guys, I don't know what play we're going to run here. Let's get this stick out in the dirt and start marking a play up. I mean, it's ridiculous. The annexation of Puerto Rico. All right, I'm done. That's it. And it's going to happen to the U.S. It has happened to the U.S. It's going to happen more in this World Cup. You wait and see. And you wait and see how close they stand to the ball. Their Odds are they're not going to make it. And I'm going to tell you another thing. Make, watch the teams that are prepared with who's kicking and watch the teams that aren't. And normally those are the little cocky uh, best teams in the world. They're the ones that normally choke. I'm done. Yeah, I, I don't I don't I don't know what to even add to that. So I'm I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I think uh I think discretion is a better part of valor there. We will uh I, we will, will, I will say this if we're if we're gonna be on the USA and, and so forth like that, it was a tough loss. But we've got we got beat by world class players. Until the US finds until they are able to one touch a pass. We're never going to do it. You cannot, you do not have time against the best players in the world to trap the ball, dangle it a little bit to get your shot off. You saw the Netherlands, almost every one of their goals was a one-touch pass, one-touch pass, one-touch pass, bam, one-touch kick into the goal. Happened before you knew it was going to happen. Look, roll the film, watch it. The U.S. cannot do that. And these other world-class countries can until we get a striker or someone 
that can do that, we're going to be in the round of 16 and losing in the first round. I was I was in such a, a great mood today, and then now I just feel depressed after that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sad right now. I just wanted to get everyone fi- – I mean, this is what the World Cup is, and it's so frustrating to watch teams just piss it all away, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's they act like it's such a big thing, and it's this big deal all around the world and everything. And for teams oh. to not be prepared for that – is total bush league. All right, let's get on to some real sports. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, Freddie, that was a all-time rant. I just want to tell you that right now. An all-time rant. And if you want to respond to that all-time rant, find us at Blockout Pod on Twitter. That is at Blockout Pod on Twitter. And uh, <clears throat> maybe uh, offer Freddie you know, some... A hug. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll take hugs. a number to a therapist or something like that. Just hold him. <laughs> but uh, fellas, <laughs> fellas, the uh, college football playoff is set after a. It was only eight minutes. Weekend of uh, some chalk and a few upsets in the conference championship games, and uh, I'd just like to uh, tuna. I want to ask you first. I'm going to give Jerry a little time to decompress. <laughs> Breathe. Uh, Tuna, what are your initial thoughts on the uh, on the four teams and the matchup and how we got here? Well, as I talked about before, um, I don't think that conference championship games should play a role in that, um, in the deciding outcome. I couldn't agree more. But all said and done, I think they got it about as right as you could have. Um yeah, I think Alabama has a gripe to be in there. I think Tennessee has a gripe to be in there. Um, I like seeing TCU in there as much crap as I've given TCU. The performance by Max Duggan in that Big 12 championship game, even though they lost that game, was probably one of the gutsiest performances I've ever seen. And I kind of I feel glad that that kid uh, gets a shot to uh, play in the Final Four because he, he, he deserves it. For a kid that came in – what mid season as a backup quarterback yeah. and perform the way that he has, it, you don't get tougher than that kid, man. Um, and it's not like they got blown out like USC did. And a uh, shout out to K State because that was a that was a wonderful, wildly they, they entertaining oh, football game, did. and they played their brains out. And Utah, and they deserved to win the game absolutely. But TCU has nothing to hang their head not about. A, not at all. They did. Uh, as you said, that kid was as tough as tough can be. I do think it's interesting that they put them in at three as opposed to four to avoid the matchup of, course of, of Ohio State-Michigan. Of course they did. Right. Um, right. Which I think everybody would love to see uh, in the Final Four, those two going at it again. Um, I don't know. Uh, Georgia-Ohio State looks like a fun game. I still don't think Ohio State should be in there, but they are, and that's what we got now. All said and done, uh, I like. I think they got it right. I think they. I think they got it right. Um, uh, I did th- find it kind of funny when the final AP top twenty-five came out, and the SEC had five teams in it, <laughs> and uh, you know the Big Twelve had two. One of them was ranked nineteenth, uh, even though they said that TCU's strength of schedule was 
eye-popping more than any of the other teams. Big 12 had three in it, I believe, didn't uh, they? I have K-State and Texas. and Well, TCU, And TCU, obviously. so that's the three. Uh, okay. Uh. I, I mean, just two not counting them. Oh. Um, so, the SEC had five or six not counting Georgia? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't know if that was SEC math Yes, or not. they had six teams. Yep. Not including Georgia? No, they had five, including okay. five, and then Georgia, yes. I got gotcha. you. And the ACC had two, and the Pac-12 had six. Mm-hmm. The so Pac-12 it, had six had six teams in the final top 25. Is this going to be an ongoing issue with uh, conference expansion? Like, you're going to add Oklahoma and Texas into the SEC, and are they going to continue to beat each other up in that conference to where – you have a whole bunch of teams ranked in the 15 to 25 you know, spot. You know, they're saying they're not dividing that up or anything. They're just going to town on each yeah, other. It's still a lot of teams in that conference that are really good that they're going to have to beat each other up or, you know, play against. And, True. And that could really tarnish some records when you're talking a 12-team playoff down the road. Well, look at the Big Ten. If they're going to put all those teams all together. Same story. I totally it's agree. It's going to be Ohio State and, and – uh, Michigan at the top again. Well, I mean, know, we don't we don't know what UCLA and USC has in store. Or. True, true. And and dude, I'll tell you what. You look at these teams in the Pac-12 that finished in the top twenty-five: Utah, USC. You know, ten and three, eleven and two, ten and two, nine and three. Oregon, Oregon State, UCLA. Man, the Pac-12 I think turned out to be one of the better conferences. Not the Big absolutely. 12. And I'm going to say this. It's the last thing I'm going to say about this team and this player. But get your bets in as soon as you can. Future bets for the Heisman Trophy next year. Mike Penix Jr. He's coming back for another year at Washington. They are going to be loaded again. Yes. And he will not fly under the radar like he did this year. Reality is he got snubbed for a Heisman spot to New York. I obviously oh we know completely yeah. agree Travis with that. has been talking about that forever yes he did did stetson stetson's did he take his spot little hands well i don't know if you'd even put cj stroud in there i don't either i think stetson bennett deserves to go i do for too sure. i definitely he's been catching a lot of flack this week and, and i think if anybody deserves it it's that kid well, I think I, I think, mean, what's his best? I mean, I get it. You got the two hundred seventy-four yards in the SEC championship and three, what, four touchdowns. You got the two tight ends, but other than that, what your best receiving option is? Lad McConkey. McConkey. Yeah, Dude. I mean that kid makes magic happen. I know. I, I know. And and it, what is he a buck oh five? If that soaking wet, half of that's his hair. <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, I I don't know why anybody would have a gripe with Stetson Bennett being there. I think Hendon Hooker almost deserved a spot. Like you can't just no. not put a guy in the Heisman finals because his legs messed up. Well, that's true. I, I do want to. If it wasn't for uh, some of that pathetic uh, soccer, um, aka football, I would uh, be ragging on little old Clemson. Uh, real quick, because I do think that it is a travesty, a absolute travesty. Talk about a fan base that should be ripping Dabo Sweeney right now. I want you to show me on the doll where the Clemson man hurt you. 
Like <laughs> <laughs> every week, it's like clips and this little clips. Like why? Why? What's your beef? Like He's got let's a couple go. Rings on me. I mean, uh, a couple rings. Well, Saban has like what eight no, rings? But, How many does he have? Five. Dude, you know what? I wanted Clemson to do well, but the mere fact that he has Cade uh, Klubnik. Uh-huh. Five star. Okay, mm-hmm. we've seen him come in and they win, and then mm-hmm. he then he doesn't start him, and then they lose mm-hmm. with ukulele. So he decides, hey, I have an idea, guys. I'm going to start him in the ACC championship game. Well, guess what? They drum uh-huh. North Carolina. What? And and I, you know what ukulele had against South Carolina. He was eight for twenty yeah. nine for God knows. It's one of the worst performances ever. Uh, worst performance ever. He starts that quarterback and they're in the playoff. I guarantee you they possibly beat South Carolina. I don't know if they win that and Notre Dame game. It doesn't matter. I think they would have gotten in anyways. Nah, I think they would have taken nah. Clemson has to run the table. You don't think Clemson nah. would have taken Ohio? Not with State one loss. Spot? Not at all. They both had one loss. Yeah, yeah. Two. They'd give it to Ohio State over Clemson. ACC if, if has Clemson a Clemson won the ACC. ACC has a tag on it that they're just a. It's a terrible conference. I don't know. I'm just saying. Hey, you know, uh, I, I don't know what that guy had on him, but uh, but Tuna. Let me ask you this: Do you not think that Clemson is almost above that? Like everyone else in the league is seen as maybe lesser, but. I think I think Clemson has earned and does get a little bit of benefit of the doubt nationally. They, they do, but the all 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 the nation is like they're waiting on them to lose. When's Clemson going to blow a game? Do you remember when Clemsoning was a was an actual phrase? I do remember. Yeah, that, that was a big thing. Clemsoning. It's when you blow a uh, game. And in any time that you would just well, Feinbaum also done a little old clips. Oh, okay, so that's where that came from. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that that was when they used to complain and the senators. Uh, but came up with that. So. Yeah, I, I think the pizza parties. Everybody just waits for Clemson to lose, and it's like as soon as that loss happens, they're done. So. But I just wanted to hit on that. That you know, I really do think that if had Dabo put that quarterback in. He's going to break records, let me tell you. Next year, he's going to be great. I really believe that. You can mark it down right now. Uh, but I think if he starts with him and drops that ukulele, I think they probably Well, he's in, in the transfer portal now. They beat the Cox. They beat uh, North Carolina. Anyways. Yeah, he's just he's one of uh, some 1,100 or whatever kids that are in the transfer oh, portal. I think there's nine ACC quarterbacks in the transfer portal as of right now. That's should incredible. We, should we hit on that? Are they coming out with a publication uh, like Phil Steele or somebody <laughs> that's going to tell us where the hell everybody's going well, and coming? I mean, that is – how do you keep up with all that? I just uh, – my you don't. You, you hope for the best. My Twitter feed – all day, every day for the past several days has been one player after another announcing. And and this is kind of a pet peeve of mine. I'm going to go I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here. Every one of these uh, declarations for the portal is exactly the same. It's always I want to thank coach so and so for giving me the opportunity I've loved my time here. I love my team and my teammates. 
But all that being said, I am entering the transfer portal with two more years of eligibility. <laughs> now, if you love your coach, and, I and hope you, we play in a bowl game, and, and you love your team, uh, and you love your teammates, you can't say in the next sentence, uh, but I'm quitting and I'm going somewhere else. Now, don't get me wrong. I am a thousand percent in favor of the portal. I think it probably needs a little bit of tweaking. Travis is all for the kids. But uh, <laughs> I would love one time to hear one of these players say, hey, man, these last two years were, were pretty fun, but this team ain't going nowhere and I can't get my playing time or whatever. So I'm leaving. I don't want to hear this. I love my – I'll be – and so many of them are like, you know, I'll just use it I'll be a Hoosier forever. I'll be a Tar Heel forever. Yeah. My heart's always with. Yeah. No. No, yeah. you won't. Mm -mm. No, you won't. With with uh, NIL on top of the portal has just made this, uh, you know, basically a cauldron of uh, – you can't even – how many – what percentage of uh, student-athletes did you say were in the transfer portal 20% right as of today. 20%. That yeah. is incredible to me. Now, here's a problem. This is my big – I'm all for the kids, too, and I think they should be able to transfer whenever they want, and, and, and I'm all for NIL and the kids making money. But this is hurting a lot of kids at the same level because you have a lot of mid-level guys that aren't going to get picked up. They may enter the transfer right. portal and not find a home. And then you also have to think about the high school level. There's a lot of mid-level high school – well, they're top-level high school kids that are on that fringe between Division One scholarship, FCS. They're waiting on this transfer portal to clear up before they're even offered scholarships. And right. they don't know what their future is going to hold. It's um, – Well, let me tell you this. There's going to be – there's going to be about uh, – given the way that things are going, there's going to be about 60 openings in Bloomington <laughs> for the Indiana football team. So anybody that's on that fringe in the portal, uh, go ahead and send your, uh, go ahead and send your highlight tape uh, to uh, Memorial stadium care of Tom <laughs> Allen. Cause we could probably use you all. I think the entire Colorado Buffaloes team was told to transfer by new coach Deion Sanders. So yeah. maybe they can all just go to <laughs> IU. There you go. <laughs> A couple of tidbits about that playoff. Uh, you know, uh, the big – I get what is it, the first time two teams uh, are in from the Big Ten, is that correct? I think it is. Yeah, it's the uh, first time first I can time. remember. Uh, also, the first playoff without Bama and little old Clemson. Uh, first time two teams enter after losing their last game which is I find a little interesting. That is interesting. Uh, we obviously know the Big 12 is 0 for 4 in the college football playoff. And would you know that all four of those are Oklahoma? Isn't that crazy? Wow. Uh, you know what matchup I'm really looking forward to, though, Matt? I will tell you this right now is uh, I call him Johnny Ringo uh uh, Ringo and Chris Smith mm. for Georgia going up against Marvin Harrison and whoever that other wide receiver is. I, I mean, I, I can't think of his name. I know he's good. It isn't Jackson Smith and Jigma. Who, by the way, is he just playing? Went on, no, he already declared for How? the NFL draft. What? Yeah, he's out. He's gone. He's, so he's not he's even with the team anymore. History. Okay. 
Because that yep. is that right? That's right. I didn't think his injury was that nagging of an injury. To doesn't matter. He's he out. He just gave up on his. He's boys. done. Yep. Good job. Yep. True Buckeye. I don't know the extent of his injury either. Like he may not have even been able to play regardless. But I, I don't. So. I don't want to dog the kid just yet until I know all the facts and details. Well, if there's any uh, diehard Buckeye fans out there, they will, I'm sure, let us know yeah, we, we <laughs> the error of our ways. Should we hit on, now that we've hit on the college playoff and broke all that down, should we hit on the good, the new news in our hometown? We should hit on that. And What, what news is that? Uh, well, you know, you're what, just no. waiting. Why don't you guys explain I mean, it I'm to me? I'm losing hair over here what? for penalty kicks. I'm what? thinking. Did something happen that. locally today? I think something did. So, four years later. First of all, let, let me just start. Yeah, by actually, my, hold on just a second. Okay. I want to intro this. I want to intro this. Because uh, there were a set of circumstances that had to happen to make this happen. And all the stars aligned. See, I was going to start with explaining my Monday. That's Everything... Everything was coming together. And Tuna, I want you to tell our listeners what the big news locally is. So Monday rolls around, and um, I'm gearing up. Got that morning. I'm at work. Got the radio on, getting ready to watch the big Croatia matchup. (laughs) And uh, I'm listening to some local sports talk radio. And I guess it was around, what, 9.30 a.m.? I hear I hear some news that I didn't quite believe, and it was Scott Satterfield to accept the head coaching football position for the Cincinnati Bearcats, which nobody saw coming Not at all. One single person came right. out of the blue. I immediately stopped everything that I was doing and searched the internet for fifteen to twenty minutes to make sure that every source possible was telling me the truth. <laughs> And it was the truth. And I just, I thought that I was having a stroke. I, I had so much excitement go over my body. Nothing it against. It was all tingly. Yeah. I, all right. So then that opens the door for my guy, Jeffrey Brom, to come back to Louisville. I knew that we were going to make a play at him. He turned us down four years ago, and I understand why he turned us down. I had a hard time accepting it, but I get it. So the fact is it rolled around again and we got the opportunity and he said yes this time. And he is now our head coach. So basically Cincinnati, who we need to send gift baskets to that entire athletic department, gave us $3.5 million to take our half-ass head coach up there to coach their football team. And we get our guy, Jeff Brom. Best trade ever. And let me tell you, Cincy, I – um. If you're interested in a guy with NBA ties who's known as a big man guru and can coach basketball, buddy, I got a deal for you. (laughs) (laughs) We'll let him go cheap. I'm sure we can get enough people around this city to pay half the buyout. You just pick up the other half. (laughs) And who would that be, Travis? Well, I'm going to say something, Tuna, about that is that I think this is a win-win for everybody because Coach Satterfield from day one was never embraced 
by this fan base, nor did he embrace by his constant dalliances with other schools. And this fan base had felt burned similarly uh, by Bobby Petrino several times. That being said, I still think the guy can coach, and I think he'll go to Cincinnati Mm -hmm. and be successful. But I don't think that he was the right fit for Louisville. I I think Jeff Brom is, has been, and will be the perfect fit at U of L. Nobody gets this program more than the Brom family. He understands it. He understands what it takes to win here. Uh, he's been a been an offensive coordinator here before. Um, my my thing with Scott Scott Satterfield is he. Uh, I don't think he ever fully embraced urban living. Um, Even though he said a few times already in his new presser, I, I, I've always wanted to be coaching a pro town. Which and he wanted to go out in the Cincinnati light nightlife. What what was that? I don't know. Like I, I heard can't, that too. Yeah, no. What See, I don't think he he. I think he's disingenuous. I, I mean, which most coasters are. I'm not going to hold that against him. And I love Cincinnati uh-huh. as a city. I'm not disparaging Cincinnati as a city. I am now. They do have pro sports franchises, but to, kinda. But we'll, to, we'll get to that kinda. later on. Yeah, uh, there's no need to. <laughs> Thank God that this happened because uh, country was probably not in a great mood after uh, this last week's NFL games. Oh. But I did notice in Ouch. in his press conference a couple of times his little subtle dig that oh, he yeah. was he was thrilled to be coaching in a in pro sports. Pro what about <laughs> what about when he said? I have one son still in school at Louisville, and he will be transferring. And then he paused and goes, immediately. <laughs> that seemed a little well, weird to me. That was kind of a shot. I apparently, don't he can't get out of our fair city fast and, enough. And I'm fine with that. And you that's, know, that's if totally he thinks fine. that Louisville's rough and, and a little too urban for him, good luck in Cincinnati, buddy. That's, uh, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, that's, that's the worst fit. If you thought Louisville was a bad fit for Scott – I think Cincinnati's a worse fit for I, Scott. I agree. It'll uh, be it'll be interesting to see what happens because I think he's going to go there and be successful. I think in a, if in a, he's calling the defense uh, play calls and uh, <laughs> while because if he's not, <laughs> while we are on the subject of Cincinnati, I'm going to give Freddie about three minutes to gloat because if you listen, oh, baby, let me stretch out right real quick. If you listen to the show last week. And hopefully you did not take Tuna's advice. <laughs> he told you to uh, sell your fiance's engagement ring. Look, sometimes you know, I just say shit. Put the house up for sale. Um, and if you listen to him, you might not be able to listen Go to this. Go to the blood bank. Yeah, there was. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I do recall blood bank being mentioned. Look, guys, even Babe Ruth struck out. <laughs> uh, also, college funds were mentioned. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully, I think I put a disclaimer at the end of all of that, guys. Hopefully, your sons or daughters had no uh, interest in higher education. Uh, if you followed Tuna's advice, Freddie, I want to give you two or three minutes to gloat on the huge Bengals victory over Tuna's beloved Kansas City Chiefs. Well, they still and, act and, like Puerto and Rican and hookers. I'm sorry, the way you say it is like it never happens. I mean, <laughs> let's be real here. It happens all the time. This is the uh, – um, let me throw this out for you. 
And folks, I am in a way better mood now. I w- I was a little feisty there. At I'm the more beginning. depressed. I didn't mean to scare everybody. Every time you uh, talk, I get depressed. Talking, talking uh, emotional soccer. Uh, but you got three minutes. You're down to two now. Talking about soccer still. Nineteen. TikTok. Since 2019, in the months of November, December, and January, the Chiefs are 33 and one. Thirty-three and one versus all NFL teams, except for the three losses in those months to the Cincinnati Bengals. The make a wish of the NFL. Who day? Who day? He he. They came to the jungle and they left the jungle. Let me explain something to you. Your quarterback does not like to play the Bengals' defense. I don't know what it is. I told you that Hendrickson, I told you that Bates the third. I told you these guys were coming up. And by the way, I can't remember your tight end's name. He's, uh, uh, But did he even get out of the bus to make it to the game? I, I never even heard his name mentioned in that game. Uh, anyways... I think I picked the score as 24-22, and I think it was, what, 27-24? to 24? Gosh, that's close. Uh, anyways, it, it was a good, and we'll see you again. We'll see you again down the road here. Tuna, your retort. Is that, is that it? Is that what you got? That's that's all I need. All right, I mean, enjoy it, man, because uh, you beat the best team in the NFL. So this is like your your annual Super Bowl when you get to play Kansas City. But we also lost to the Colts, the Indianapolis Colts. So that just shows <laughs> that anybody could come in in the, in the world of the NFL and beat anybody at any given time. So true, true. we were due for a loss, and um, it just so happened to go on the road in a tough environment because all the drunken Cincinnati fans were up there raising hell and throwing stuff at our players, our world class <laughs> players. And, world class, yeah, world class. Now, now the football players are world world class. world class. And yeah, um, we ought to start using that with the NFL world class. Look, just like, enjoy like, it right now because it's. I mean, I agree. What does this like happen? Josh Allen's world class. Mm. Yeah, enjoy it. But yes, Travis Kelsey is the name of that tight end, and uh, oh, that's I'm, right. I'm sure if you guys can hang on strong enough, you'll see him again I in even January. Made a wager for him to score a freaking touchdown, and he couldn't even get me that. Well, uh, sorry, way, you're a speak, bad gambler. Speaking of uh, the NFL, if we're gonna jump into that for a minute, I know we do want to look at uh, talk about some of the cool bowl games going on, Travis. But I do think that this. Uh, that this Philly New York Giants game is going to be uh, at at the Giants is going to be a fun playoff implication game, and uh, I also do think that uh, Frisco and Tampa Bay uh, because they're still in it. Believe it or not, Brady somehow found a way to win. Yeah, that was incredible the other night. I I'm not sure I've ever seen a team play as poorly as uh, that, what? that was... for an entire ball game, and I also knew. I knew it when they got the ball at the end. <laughs> I knew they were going to go down and win. I, I just knew it. There yep. was not even a doubt in my mind. I knew they were going to win the ball game. I knew it. Yep. 
It, it was uh, it was nuts, and and there's I'm I'm just uh, you know the games it's still heating up. The NFLs we're getting right there into uh, push time. I mean Lamar's getting geared up. Everyone everyone's geared up. Well, he's hurt. I know, I know, I, but he's trying he's gearing to, up his wheelchair. No, he not hurt that bad. It's week to week, and uh, I think it looked pretty bad. And Huntley's a pretty good little backup for him if their defense is able to hold strong just a little bit. But let's be honest, Lamar looks like he's kind of faded a lot this season. Um, over the last four or five games, he 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 certainly wasn't himself. Mm-mm. Um, and I I just wonder if if there wasn't. I mean, everybody in the NFL is beat up at this time of the year, I think. But I just wonder if maybe he didn't have some sort of a lingering Well, I think he's, he's been dealing with a hip for a couple of weeks. Right. Uh, he's had a hip, a shoulder, um, I think an ankle, and then what? what is this? It's a knee now, right? So yes. basically we hit almost every body part that moves. He's tough. <laughs> uh, right. So, yeah, he's uh, – I don't know uh, – I'm just looking forward to it. It's gonna be, it's gonna start getting real good here soon, um, with all the uh, NFL wild card uh, games setting up. It's gonna be fun. And uh, guys, I did want to mention you might have noticed uh, at the beginning of tonight's show that uh, we now have a title sponsor for the downstairs pub. Oh yeah, studios. Uh, we are now the. Bill's famous cheese spread studios. Oh, I love that stuff. And it's delicious. I'm not sure that we've had a gathering uh in the last decade that didn't involve uh a Bill's famous cheese uh product of one type or another. I love and, the smoked gouda. Well, that's my favorite too. Smoked gouda is my favorite. There's also the uh, zesty, spicy original that is very good. That's my go-to. Chatter, yeah. Um, and uh, we want to thank them for jumping on board as a sponsor. Uh, you can find out more about these, and I can say without any reservation, you try it once, you will love it. Um, you can find out more at BillsFamousSpreads.com. That is BillsFamousSpreads.com. Check out their website. There's contact information on there. I think they're going to start ordering online. That would be wonderful. People ask about that. I know people have uh, been wanting that for a long time, but uh, we thank them for jumping on as a sponsor, and uh, hopefully uh, you you guys will go and check them out. That is BillsFamousSpreads.com. And speaking of spreads... Yeah, that's not a betting. That's not betting, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of spreads, Freddie, I think you have our uh, our records on our picks last week. Uh, I did not go over. I don't think. Fred, tell us what uh, Travis. How we you did. went one and one. Uh, okay. Our, our guest speaker Colin is hot. He went two and zero oh again. I, I told you he was going to show us all up. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude, there's he, no doubt. He had Utah and the uh, Detroit Lions uh, on those picks. So uh, Freddie goes three and one. Of course, the Bengals count. Uh, I had uh, Georgia, big and Kansas State uh, lost on Seattle. 
uh, by two there, and uh, Matt. I want to explain. I want to explain these bets. Matt went zero and two. One, as we covered, was a fluke. Uh, the other <laughs> one was Purdue had that game covered. They actually outgained Michigan by seventy yards in that game. Uh, actually, I, I agree. I thought they seventy were yards cover the total more way. offense, and then they had those two crummy interceptions late that that really screwed the spread up on there for me to take the L. And you know that 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 gets me to that game. TCU seems like one of those teams that in the 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 third and fourth quarter that just starts igniting. Usually they're making a comeback actually, and they're igniting Michigan. Uh, after finally watching Michigan, yes, I sat through a couple of their games. They are a team that really in the second half is a team that will wear you out and, and is a team that really gives it in the second half. Not that all the other ones don't, Georgia, Ohio State, whatever. But those two teams have that moniker, and I think it's going to be cool to watch those two battle. And then with the matchups that we were talking about with the with the corners and DBs and the wide receivers for Ohio State and uh, uh, Georgia, I think it's going to be pretty neat, dude. Uh, to watch those two teams, and I really think it's going to come down to Georgia and Michigan. And yeah, I think that's. I mean, I, I don't think, think there's the, any way the to, around are, that I one. Think the dogs are going back to back. I'm hoping so much we get an Ohio State Michigan matchup for a national championship what? game. How cool would that be just to watch that happen? Uh, no. Yeah, it would. No, yeah, no, we it we we want to see that. The game we'll for the a national title. Go to the gym and, and oh. I'm sorry, I'm not on your SEC train, man. But like, I mean, obviously Georgia's probably going to win, and it like is to what see it is. Georgia, Michigan. Rematch. No, I'd much rather see Ohio State and Michigan play each other. I really think Michigan for a national could. championship. Imagine Auburn and Alabama playing for a national championship. How wild would that be? Everybody would love to see it. Louisville, Kentucky, in basketball. Duke, North Carolina, in basketball, playing for a national championship. Okay. I mean, tell me, like. When Louisville, Kentucky played in 2012 in the Final Four, this city, this whole state. That we was had, really cool. We had guys getting in fights at a dialysis clinic. Dude, well, wait a minute. We also <laughs> had a lot of love. Like, we had when, – when the other team lost and the other one went forward, I can remember some of the biggest UK fans wearing, like, red or, or vice versa. Like, dude, you got us because we were all on cloud nine for a couple of years. We were all mm -hmm. in there winning, remember? Yeah. And we played each other a couple times in those basketball tournaments uh, in the in the yeah. field of sixty four when we got down to. We the had the Sweet Sixteen matchup in Indianapolis in, in two thousand fourteen. Yeah. And dude, there was some love there too between. Well, that's what I was talking about. 2012 but, Final well, Four. There were fights, but there were also there was also some. No, respect. This, this state hated each other's guts. There was no respect. Yes, I, I there mean, was. No, there there wasn't. They I hated each other right until the game was over. Right when the game was yeah. over, it was like dude, I get you. That week I'm leading up to you. the game was nothing oh, yeah, but pure yeah. hatred. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. across this entire state. Yeah. yeah. So well, that's what I'm saying. Imagine getting that with Ohio and Ohio State and Michigan. That I mean. I want that. I, I think most like pure college football fans that aren't just a fan of one conference would love to see that. Right. So yeah, and one of these days I'll get into a rant about 
conference honks. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> makes me insane. Oh, I know you do. I swear. Like Travis, it makes me it's, insane. It's Travis like pull for your team, man, not your conference, conference. When people pull for their own conference, he hates that. I I, I kind of see where he's coming I know from. There's a lot of people, but I mean, do, a lot of people that don't. Also, in my perspective, I, I I pull for a team that we've been in like 20 different conferences over the course of the last 10 years. Well, that's so a good it's, point. That's true. So it's hard for me to have conference affiliation, but I can see how like. Some people would have that. I'm a big fan of the Metro. <laughs> I go. love the Metro. <laughs> but I will say, like, I do love what – if I had my druthers, I, I'm going to watch more SEC games than other conferences. Of I, course. I, there's just a lot of teams in the SEC that I, I like watching play. Um, so I get it, but just to degrade other conferences and, and just honk for that conference, I can't, I can't get behind it. I had but, never seen anything like it, honestly – Growing up in Indiana in Bloomington, I mean, I can remember my dad always saying, well, I, I want to root, you know, for whoever the Big Ten team was in the NCAA tournament or whatever, what mm-hmm. not you. But the first time I went to a Kentucky game as an adult, I don't remember who they were playing or whatever, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing the crowd chanting SEC, SEC. <laughs> and I thought, this is the damn dumbest thing I have ever seen in my life. Absolutely. I mean, I just don't get it. I couldn't imagine being at like a a, a tournament like atmosphere where there's like three games or something, Duke's playing before a, a Louisville game or something, and I'm just sitting there chanting, ACC is Dukes on the court. I know. Like, it's, idiotic. That, oh, no. like, it's idiotic. It's idiotic. It's idiotic. I always tell Freddie, he's like, well, don't you want the Big Ten to be good? I go, no, I want the Big Ten to suck. I want Indiana to be good, and I want every other team to suck. <laughs> Easier path, man. Like, I've never once heard a Big Ten, go Big Ten chant. I I almost think it's a football thing. I really do because basketball, no one gives a shit who wins and who doesn't. I really do because I – I disagree. They always keep up in the tournament on which conference has the most wins. But I think in football that you you want the other teams to do well because you want your record justified. And a lot of times the bowl games come into a big play. You know, you know, in that, that but the bowl games thing. don't even add into well, it they anymore. Don't anymore. Now, but they used to be the big first year because of everyone leaving. But it's hard so to now. Bama and Kansas State's going to play. You have maybe, possibly, no Bryce Young, no Will Anderson, and you know, you wanted to look back and go, man. Our conference was the best. Bama should have got in. We whooped Kansas. Yeah, that, State that's by all. 30. That's all changed, man. And, the, I know, but it's not changed because of cheering it's changed because of the yeah yeah absolutely but what i'm saying is during the regular season a lot of these conferences have a shot and a chance to prove themselves against other conferences but they don't they want those guaranteed wins and they go schedule fcs schools or half the mac or whatever i mean i hate doing this because i'm gonna piss a lot of people off but if you look at kentucky what do they what do they do they schedule what three mac teams and louisville every year that's four wins that they get. Four wins. And then all they have to do is win two SEC games to make a bowl tournament or to make a bowl game. And then you hear SEC fans going, all our teams made bowl games. 
Like, well, that was the outcome. Like, schedule Big 12 games. I give credit to Georgia for going and getting Oregon on the schedule. South Carolina does it. Florida does it with Florida State. Bama does it? Who'd you guys play? Texas. Okay. I get Bama credit on that one. They usually play someone in the first game of the year. But not all the the time. In the Jerry Jones Arena every year. First game of the year, and you guys. We're getting ready to play USC. Credit for actually going to Texas, because most of the time you guys do it, it's on a neutral field. Right, it is. And, and it's, the, it's the kickoff of college football. Year. Freddie and I have been to one of those games. It was uh, Louisville lost by 40. <laughs> I don't remember and that that's a that, that was at the Camp World Crapola Arena down in uh, Orlando. Camping any World game Stadium. with uh, heads and up, people. Any game that Puma game Pass in Orlando in doesn't don't count. go. Yeah. <laughs> We will actually tell that story one of these days yeah, we'll on the podcast because that is that is literally one of the most insane uh, experiences I've ever had. And it wasn't on the gridiron. No, it had nothing to it had nothing to do with the football game. Um, do we, hey, do we have time to talk about our bogus? We're we gonna do that next. No, week? Uh, I I didn't know where we were at on time. I just wanted to ask you guys real quick, uh, and we will get deep into uh the bowl matchup also the nba right we are going to talk about nba moving forward we will i mean i kind of feel like the nba season doesn't even really start right until christmas yeah that's kind of how i feel about it nba fans out there especially overseas uh followers of course we're gonna talk nba yeah i love the nba i do and uh uh, we will definitely get into that, but not today. But I did want to ask you guys, uh, just on first glance, and we're not going to get deep into it. We'll do that on next week's show. Um, are there any bowl matchups, non-college football playoff, that really jump off the screen at you and uh, you know make you say, well, that's must-see television? Uh, Matt. I'll jump so- in, man. It's... Um- it's tough to say because a lot of these we don't know who's playing in and who's coaching in really because there's going to be a, you kind of have to just go at it. That's and, that, and, and that's why I'm going to touch on yeah, something local you because to. you're going to have Purdue and and LSU in the Citrus Bowl where um, Brian Brom, Jeff Brom's little brother and the current offensive coordinator, well former offensive coordinator for um, Purdue, will be the head coach. He'll be calling the plays in that game and. Uh, coaching that one so that one has some interest it's uh brian brom versus brian kelly which we all wanted to see that one and another one that gets me is uh texas tech at old miss in the um texas bowl yeah i have that marked out i, I think that that's just going to be a fun game and as far as i know those teams are p- pretty much staying together and that coach at texas tech joey mcguire hell of a job shout out hell mm-hmm. of a job this totally year. agree um Man, I, I think the two orange teams, that's Tennessee yep. and little, and here they are again, folks, little old Clemson. That's going to be because we know which quarterback's playing in this one, and we know which one's hurt. But I think Tennessee's going to be ready, and I think that's going to be a game that Dabo's got marked on his calendar with a little extra chip on his shoulder uh, just because it's against the SEC. Um, I think Mississippi State and Illinois is going to be a good game. Both those teams 
playing well. You've got a great defense if they all don't opt out against a great offense. You know what I mean? I just think that that would be an intriguing game. And one of my favorites, Utah and Penn State. You all know how I've been winning on Penn State all year. And they are a good team that lost both games to Michigan and Ohio State. And uh, Utah is one of them gritty teams. They beat USC. Uh, I think that then the Rose Bowl, that's going to be a hell of a game. I was I was actually gutted that Washington didn't get that yeah, spot. Yeah, no, I hear you. I was gutted. I wanted Mike mm-hmm. Penix to be in the Rose Bowl so bad. Where is he playing? Uh, they are. I believe they're in. They're playing in the Alamo Bowl. Right. I have. Is that, that right? Uh, let me. I'm trying to find it here. Uh, you know, while we're while we're waiting, they are. They're playing Texas in the Alamo. Yeah, Bowl. no, I, I, yeah. I looked I at that, it. and I think Washington is just going to yes, roll that game. Yes. So I'm not even. No, Texas and Washington will be a great game. Think about those. Deshaun quarter- Robinson's not going to play in that, and it's who. Think about those two uh, quarterbacks going at it, though. Yeah. You know, I mean, Texas quarterback. Quinn yours hasn't really. By the way, Kalen DeBoer, uh, Washington, great job coaching as well, Travis. He should be it. up there for coach of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll talk, one one a, more game. Hold on okay, a second. I'm going to jump in. I got another one too. So go ahead. This one, it, this one's for you, and it's the Alabama Kansas State game. And the only reason are we going? Maybe this is the only reason that Urban this one intrigues Steve. me is Saban while lobbying to get into the four <laughs> was on TV <laughs> talking about how bad of a loss it was yeah. that oh, TCU took yeah. to Kansas State, basically calling oh, yeah. them a scrub team. I love that. And so now he got has he, to play him. Did you notice how he got a little Vegas? He got a little. He got a little. He was. He really utilized Vegas. Oh yeah. I mean, dude, let's be real. It, did it look? Who's going to be the betting favorite? Saban on all the public and uh, say it. Yes, it did. But you know what? I give him credit. I'm no. glad he did it. Reeks of a man full of desperation. Hey, man. you know what? Hey, whatever it takes to win, babe. Mm. What's that's he supposed what, to say, though? Like, oh, no, hell. Rather, I'm saying for a guy of of, of, of Saban's stance. I know, but he For, for him to play him. that card, you can tell he doesn't have that many more years left in him. Because no. he, he is putting himself in a position that I know deep down he disagrees with. Right. He's saying words that he would normally not yeah. say Dude, because he's trying to sell he it. He never thinks about Vegas and who the favorite is in any game. Never. Who's going to be favored. And now he's saying, And well, for him to say another team, team was bad. Who's going to be favored. That's. Well, it was kind of uh, the pot calling the kettle black a little bit, if you will. Yeah, I found uh, that to be I, – I I thought that was one of the funnest things that happened the whole weekend, to be honest with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will tell you another bowl game that I think is great, and it's the feel-good story. Uh, the Giant Killers versus the Giant Killers. Notre Dame versus South Carolina. Don't y'all think that'll be a no. good game? No, I'm not intrigued about that what, game at they all. Both, oh, I think it's going to be dude, great. Notre Dame and all the teams that they, uh, you know. I think it'll be great. I think that'll be really a really cool know. game. And then I have another one, one of my favorite. I think he just named off every Matt, bowl game. are you not looking forward to the Oregon State versus well, Florida? Absolutely, but I think Oregon State's going to roll that game, and I don't think it's going to be a good game. I think okay. Oregon State runs away with that. Yeah, so well, I don't Florida's find that too intriguing. Be playing, right? uh, 
Tulane USC may be a good one. I think like we have honestly touched on every single bowl well, game. Not really, because um, I have all the favorites. And that was and that, that was a that was a good teaser. Yeah, for what we're going to get into. I can tell you which ones bowl are spectacular the over next and week. Which ones are the under? We're going to do that next week. We're going to do that next week. Bowl preview spectacular. Because fellas, uh, oh baby, I'm going to be on an airplane in about 14 hours heading out to Las Vegas. Uh oh, roll the dice to uh, watch Indiana play Arizona in a basketball game at the MGM Grand Arena on Saturday evening Eastern time, which should be a hell of a fun time. There's a game that opens up for that at 4.30, right? Washington State and somebody else? I don't know. I'm not going to that one. Oh, but it does. There is, <laughs> so, a, there is a first game. I have one suggestion while you're, while you're in Vegas. When you're at the airport waiting to leave, Play the slot machines at the airport. I, I work, always do. I work with a guy that hit twenty five thousand dollars fifteen minutes before his airplane left for Ve- left Vegas. So make sure that you I always some do. cash into those. Even if I'm just on a layover there, I always make sure I just swing in and drop I, a quick. I walked in the smoking cube and played one time, and I thought that I was about to die in that one. Um, also, Harris yeah. on the sidewalk is epic. <laughs> I mean, dude, like, forget the compound across the street they call Caesars. Go to Harris and hang out with the with the little people and throw your money out on the street right there and gamble right on the street. Little blackjack, craps. I am uh, really looking forward to watching uh, not only uh, some NFL games. I'm Totally looking forward to watching some World Cup action in a sports book, probably surrounded by whether it's English fans or um, or uh, fans of France or whoever might be playing this weekend. It should be a it should be a hell of a good time. It's a good thing Freddie isn't going with you. He'd run out the entire sports book playing about <laughs> penalty kicks. Guys, uh, talking Damn about Brian. Vegas, talking about bets, talking about gambling. Uh, I, we're going to stick with uh, probably mostly NFL this yeah, week. Yeah, no college football picks. Um, wow. Tuna, do you have one for me? All right. When it comes to NFL, I'm a strictly, every now and then I'll do spreads, but I'm a money line guy, and this week I'm going to keep it simple. This is a parlay. It's a three-team money line parlay. Uh, you're looking at Kansas City. <laughs> Minus 450 to beat the Denver Broncos. No way they lose back-to-back. Nope. Seattle Seahawks, um, minus 200 to at beat home. at home to beat Carolina. Can't see how the – Carolina's 0-5 on the road, by the way. And Great the Tampa pick. Bay Buccaneers over the San Francisco 49ers wow. with a hurt quarterback. Woo. You're – all right, Tom is 3-0. and right now or on a three-game winning streak not three and oh well he's 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 three and one since the divorce three and one since the divorce three-game winning streak so you put those three together and it's a plus 367 uh parlay so a hundred dollar bet wins you 367 dollars love it freddie all right i i tell you what i have won all but one time on the jets when i've bet them this year They've been underdogs, underdogs, but I got to tell you, what I saw out of Buffalo the last game, I'm going to tell you, they're at home and they're they're coming, they're coming for blood this time. I don't care what the spread is. I think it's ten, Buffalo big, okay. Um, 
Mm. And, and Jets aren't playing bad, but I just have a feeling. Von also, Miller out with torn ACL. I'm, I'm going on a limb here. Uh, I think Detroit Rock City is hot right now at home. And I think I'm going to take them minus one, minus one and a pick them over Minnesota. And then my upset special is coming across the globe. And that is going to be the orange team, not Tennessee, not Spain. little old Clemson, but the Netherlands oh. over Argentina. Argentina's world class. Bye-bye, Messi. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I have one pick this week. I am going to take the Giants plus seven at home against the Eagles. We're going to find out. If New York is serious about uh, making a playoff push or not, uh, our guest picker, my nephew Colin, uh, has the Titans minus three and a half versus Jacksonville. If you if you pay attention to any of our uh, gambling advice, I would uh, implore you to probably follow him <laughs> as he is four and zero currently. Uh, I'm going to start following him. Yeah, I and. Mean- uh, with that, guys, uh, it's Can been. I, a... Give a, I want to give a shout yeah, out to my please. boy Yaby, who I went to Saints uh, in the neighborhood to watch the USA match. Yaby, he got up at eight thirty and said, "Where are you at? I got Bloody Marys ready." And I got up there, and it was jam packed with so many people. Uncle Sam was in there. And I, I'm telling you, it was a great atmosphere for the USA match. That's awesome. Uh, at the pub, unfortunately, we we came on the wrong end uh, on the wrong end of that. But uh, still, uh, everyone that came out to watch the USA, it was great. That's awesome, uh, Tuna. You got anything? I got nothing. All right, guys. Shout out Yaby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, guys. Everybody that takes a, an hour or so out of their week to. Uh, to listen to us talk spread the word yeah uh word of mouth is 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 how this thing gets going and we are on social media on twitter at blockout pod that is at blockout pod um this should be posted hopefully by about eleven thirty on friday i'm going to do all the post-production stuff in the morning before i get on the airplane to go to vegas And uh, we'll be back at it next week, fellas, and I'm already looking forward to it. Uh, Thanks again for everybody that uh, takes an hour out of their week to listen to us. And uh, for Country Matt Kempf and the fabulous one, Freddie Benders. Behind the master control desk in the Bill's Famous Cheese Spreads downstairs pub, this is Travis Carter saying so long, everybody. (laughs) Thank you.